Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. I want to talk to you today, everybody, because, uh, you know, I, I really was going in a different direction, and, and God just dropped something into my spirit. And uh, I'm bringing you this message today. I never preached it anywhere, never, never, never anything like that. I didn't recycle something old. And, and God took me to a scripture, everybody, that absolutely blew my mind. It absolutely took me, took me to, to a place to where, wow, 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 th- th- this is something that, that, that I don't know if we've ever witnessed before. And, and I want to take you there. Now, the children of Israel had recently come out of, of Egypt, and uh, they were heading to the promised land, not there yet, still in the wilderness. And I'm going to take you all the way back to Exodus in chapter 35. And, and I'd just like you to, I, I'd like, could you stand with me before we read this here today? Let's just lift our hands to the Lord, everybody. That, that means, that's really a sign of surrender. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you that it's alive. I thank you that your word is powerful. My words have no power, but your words have great power, God. And I pray, Father, I thank you, first of all, for this great church. I thank you for this great pastor, this man and woman of God who lead this ministry. God, I thank you that you have raised this ministry up, not them. You have raised it up. And you have called it to be something powerful and impactful in this great city. God, I thank you for this moment in time that we have. I thank you for this divine appointment. I thank you for this opportunity to break open the bread of life and to teach from it what you want us to hear today. God, I pray that it won't just be another sermon or just another guest speaker, but I pray it'll be a word from God. I thank you, Lord, that it's more than a sermon, more than a message, but a word from God to a people that will propel them into their destiny. I thank you, Jesus, that wherever we are right now, our present situation is not our final destination. I thank you, God, you have more for every person in this room. You have more for this church. God, help us to lift our eyes to the hills from where our help comes from. Help us to see, Lord, that there is more that you have for us. Now let this word be engraved into our hearts. And let it change our lives. So that when we leave, we will not leave the same way we came. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Go ahead and be seated, everybody. I'm going to take you to Exodus chapter 35. Now, now you can open your Bible there, but I'm not going to read all the verses. I'm as some from Exodus 35, and some in Exodus chapter 36. But I just wonder if have you ever seen? I know Pastor Rowe, great, great theme, heart to give Sunday. But have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered beyond what the financial goal is? Have you ever wondered what a heart to give really looks like? What does a heart to give really look like? And, and I think I found it in, in the book of Exodus, and I'm going to take you there in verse, verse 4. I think we're going to put them up on the big screen. And Moses, now here's the setting. They're about to build a tabernacle where God would come and meet with them. A place where they would experience his presence, experience his power. And Moses begins to give them the, the details, and he tells them what they're about to to do what they need to do and in Exodus 35 4 Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying this this is the thing which the Lord commanded saying take from among you an offering to the Lord whoever is of a willing heart somebody say a willing heart let him bring it as an offering to the Lord gold silver bronze And it just goes on and on if I was to read them all. It talked about the certain kind of wood and garments and stones. But but bring it as an offering to the Lord. And in verse 20 it says, And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. And then everyone came whose heart was stirred. Somebody say a stirred heart. And everyone whose spirit was willing. There's that word willing again. And they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting, for all its service, and for the holy garments. They came, both men and women, as many as had a willing heart. Somebody say a willing heart. 
And they brought earrings and nose rings. Anybody got a nose ring? Who said yeah? Oh, you're my kind of girl. Come on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I remember when, I'm going to get back to this in a minute, but I remember when I was pastoring up at White Plains, a girl came to our church. They kicked her out of her last church because she had too many tattoos. I love Kuhau because people with nose rings are welcome. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Tattoos, nose rings, earrings. I think I'm give me a tattoo myself. Back to the word. <laughs> he said, bring earrings, nose rings, necklaces, all jewelry of gold. That is, every man who made an offering of gold to the Lord. The children of Israel brought a free will offering to the Lord. All the men, the women, whose hearts were willing. Somebody say a willing heart. <laughs> to bring material for all kinds of the work which the Lord, by the hand of Moses, had commanded to be done. I go to chapter 36, verse 3. And they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of making the sanctuary. So they continued, watch this. They continued bringing to him free will offerings once a year. Does it say once a year? Every morning. Somebody say every day these people were lit let me qualify that I didn't say lit I said lit <laughs> come on now come on I don't want you going home and say Pastor Russ said we go get lit <laughs> tap your neighbor say calm down calm down calm down Cork the bottle. Cork it. Every morning. Every morning they just kept bringing more. It's like, you know when you have a yard sale? What can we sell? What can we sell? What can we sell? They, they go home and do it. Is there any more gold? Is there any more silver? Are there any more stones? Uh, anything we can bring? They were so passionate about this assignment God had for them. Somebody say amen out loud. <laughs> they were excited. And they brought offerings every morning. And here's where it gets really amazing. And then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work he was doing. And they spoke to Moses. Here's what they said. The people bring much more than enough. The people are bringing more than enough for the service of the work of the Lord. So Moses gave a commandment, watch this, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the whole camp, saying, let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people, watch, he stopped them from giving. He says, for the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done, and indeed, and indeed, too much. Can you imagine Pastor Rowe getting up and saying, but guess what? We will never say there's too much. See, they were building a tent, a tabernacle. And until the last soul is saved, see, we're not building tents and tabernacles. We're building broken lives. Can I get an amen in the house? And until the last soul is saved, there's never going to be too much. We got a work to do. Staten Island needs Jesus. Bro, I, I, I love this church. I love you, Pastor Rowe, and your beautiful wife, and, and the vision God's given you. My God, everybody in Staten Island ought to be in this place today. It was too much. It was too much. That's a, somebody say a heart to give. Say a willing heart. Say a stirred heart. And a generous heart. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, that, that, that's really a heart to give. The word willing was used four times. 
Willing means to be ready, to be eager, to be prepared to do something. What created this willingness? What would light people's passion to go home and find gold and, and silver and precious stones and bring it all and fabric and wood? What, what would do that? What would, do, what, would, what would cause a person to want to be so willing to give that, uh, that they would go home and empty their pockets? You see, everybody, God, watch, 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 watch. God was setting up a tabernacle where they, would, they, they were so excited and so passionate because they, a place was going to be built where they would witness the presence of God. They would witness the power of God. They would hear the voice of God. They would get His direction. They would experience miracles. He, he was calling them to bring everything that was needed. And when they were so willing to do it, because when the job was done, God met them. See, <laughs> they were so passionate about it because they knew they were going to encounter the living God. Wow, wow, wow. They were willing already. See, see, see they, they, they knew that God was... Watch this. What made them so a willing heart? Everybody say a willing heart. Say a stirred heart. Say a generous heart. And Pastor Roe, that's where I see a heart to give. And when I read this, I tossed the whole other sermon away. And I, and, I, and I spent most of the day just zeroing in on this today. Because this is what a heart to give. When we see it in Exodus, and uh, they were so willing to do this. Why? God was using them to fulfill His purpose. God was about to use them to fulfill His purpose. And they were like, let's do this. Let's do this. And they were willing to step out of their, their comfort zone. Let me tell you, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. You say, say well, well, they were willing to do the difficult. I said they were willing to do the difficult. You do the difficult, God will do the impossible. And you know, hey, did I ever tell you the story about the $1 bill and the $50 bill and the conversation they had? Well, 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 the $1 bill says to the $50 bill, because you know what? It's always easy to throw God a buck. The $1 bill says uh, to the $50 bill, says, where you been? He says, oh, I've been staying in some of the finest hotels in the country. And the $50 bill didn't stop there. He says, I've bought some of the finest luxury cars. I've purchased some fine clothes. I've taken cruises and vacations all over the world. The $50 bill just kept... Finally, the $50 bill said to the $1 bill, said, where you been all your life? He said, church. <laughs> it's easy to give God a dollar. You do the... Easy never changed the world. Easy never changed the world. They were willing to do the difficult. They didn't even care about their prosperity or what they had in the bank. They, they were so lit. They were so impassioned about this God plan, this God vision, this God dream, that they were willing to do whatever it took, and they, they didn't even care about their own prosperity. All they cared about was, and I'm concerned about the American church today. I'm concerned because we're consumed with the gospel of me. A gospel that requires no change, no inconvenience, no sacrifice, no urgency. Just entertain me. We treat church like the mall. We just go to church. And I'm going to go get me some blessings. I'm going to go get me a blessing. And we think, really, it's, uh, please lean in, pump the brakes right here. It's all about what can the church do for me? What's my next blessing coming down this Calvary road? No urgency. Just entertain me. Make me happy. Good vibes only. <laughs> Don't preach anything that calls me to give or sacrifice or change my priorities. Positive vibes only. They were willing to step up. They were, they, this was a willing heart. See, <laughs> uh, a heart to give means it has to start with a willing heart. 
And when you're willing to partner with God, you better get ready. Something miraculous is about to happen. They had a willing heart. And watch this. Not only did say a willing heart. And they had a stirred heart. Their hearts were stirred. See, kingdom business, everybody. Kingdom business became their passion. Their hearts were stirred. They were willing, but then, you see, it's one thing to be willing, but then you, something's got to stir you. And, and, and the need, everybody, the need on Staten Island ought to stir your heart. It ought to stir. We could be, well, I'm as happy I got my get-out-of-hell-free card. They just got that over on the left, brother. I'm saved. Hey, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to heaven. Amen. How many wants to go to heaven? Raise your hand. Some of you scaring me. You didn't raise your hand. Where, then where do you want? How many want to go to heaven? Amen. How many want to go today? Didn't think so. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Just nobody. It stirs me. It stirs me. That's why I brought a gift. Is our hearts stirred? And, and, and the American church, we're so contented to, to bless me, make me happy. I want my prosperity. That uh, God is, I wonder how many of our hearts are stirred. I wonder how many hearts are stirred. They, their hearts were stirred. They, they were willing, but, but the Bible said they had a stirred heart. See, kingdom business became their passion. They could see something out in front of them. And it's not built yet, and we haven't encountered God yet, but when we build it, He'll come. Does the vision that's out in front of you stir your heart? I, I talked to Pastor Roe, he talked to me about the vision. And, and not just to fill up this service, but to have two services on Sunday. Somebody ought to say amen out loud. See, and you might think, well, we just want to get big. No! There's people dying in the shadow of the steeple. And they're drug addicted and they're messed up and they're broken. There is no shortage of hurting broken people who are messed up, tore up from the, tore up from the floor up, who need Jesus. Who, within blocks of this place, this auditorium isn't even big enough. You might have to move into St. George Theater. Is that so people will know Rose's name? No. It's so they'll know Jesus' name. I just wonder. I wonder if they, well, are, we're consumed with our own passions. But has kingdom business, has it stirred you? Does the vision out in front of you stir you? They had a willing heart. They had a stirred heart. And man, they had a generous heart. Somebody say, a generous heart. And, uh, generous means ready to give more of something than is necessary or expected. And you know what I thought about this on the way here? Uh, do you know that they didn't even get the law about tithing yet? You know what stirs a lot of people today? To give their money. Because there's a promise attached to the tithe. And I, and I praise God for that. He says, you bring all the tithes into the storehouse. He said, I'll open you the windows of heaven. I'll pour you out blessings. Well, I feel like kicking up in here. I look like a rocket. <laughs> and uh, I'll pour you out blessings. He says, you won't have room enough to receive all I'm going to bless you with. He says, and then he goes deeper. He goes, I'll rebuke the devil for you. And when we give our tithes, we can expect a promise. But what moves me, brother, is they didn't even have that promise yet. They weren't, they weren't given to God because he was going to give them something back. They were just given to him because they believed in him and wanted to encounter him and wanted to see him change their lives. Somebody say amen to that. You know what? I'll tell you what. I thank God for all of his promises and all that he promises to do for me. But if he never does another thing for me, he saved my sin-sick soul. He pulled me up out of a deep, miry clay, out of the pit, and set my feet on a solid rock. And I'm going to praise him. 
if he never does another thing for me, I have the presence of God, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwelling up on the inside of me. Somebody say amen out loud. They didn't have any guarantee of it getting blessed back. All they had was the guarantee of his presence. That when they built the tent of meeting, God in his glory would come. And they would encounter him. Can I ask you a question today? Is his presence enough? I thank God, hey, there's a lot of promises attached to the tithe. I don't negate them at all. But if there was no promise attached, would you still be obedient to the Lord? They had no promise of ever getting anything back. And it did. I've preached on tithing. I'm gonna, I will come up that street in a minute. I preach on tithing, never preached from here before. And you know, that's how wonderful God's word is. You can read it over and over and over and over again. And it hit me this morning on the way here. They had no promise of ever getting anything back. They just gave it because they were consumed with a passion for the kingdom. They had a generous heart. Somebody say, a generous heart. You know, God's plan is more important than yours. Is my microphone on? You know why people love Jeremiah 29, 11? I appreciate that, brother. I was going to try to stay dignified today and not perspire. But I failed already. In fact, I was living in denial because I got a hanky in my right pocket, see? It's a two-hanky Sunday. Say amen to that, baby. It's a two-hanky Sunday. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans for good, not for evil, to give you a hope and a future. And I think we love that verse because of the gospel of me. I think we love that verse because of our individualistic mindsets today. Boy, God's going to do, he's got a wonderful plan for me. Just let me just bring you back around. His wonderful plan for you is not about setting you on a course to fulfill your dreams. It's putting you in his plan. <laughs> so I think if the Lord could come and say, I think Jesus would love to come to a lot of churches today and say, can I clear this verse up? Can I just clear this up? My plan is about putting you in my plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't save you so I could follow you, says the Lord. <laughs> I didn't save you. I saved you so you could follow me. And these people, Pastor Rowe, these people that were following Moses, they got it. There wasn't even a cross yet. That was thousands of years later. There was no empty grave. There was no promise of prosperity. They just had a generous heart because God had a plan. I said, he didn't, they just knew this. God has a plan and I want to get in on it. So they went home and they got the gold and the silver and the earrings and the, thank you Jesus, and the nose rings and the, and the, and the fine linens and the, and the garments and the wood and the stones and they brought it all because God had a plan. And then they were willing to leave their plan and get in God's. So that much that they were so stirred that they would not settle for what was. I don't want to be where God was. I want to be where God is. And where he's going. They had a willing heart and they had a stirred heart and uh, they had a a generous heart. I probably could stop right now. How many will give me another five minutes? Raise your hand. How many will give me another five minutes? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. Thank you, Jesus. I knew I loved me some cool. How? See, there, Jesus said where your treasure is, there will your heart be. And something about these precious folks, 
that were following Moses, their treasure wasn't in their back pocket. Their treasure was the house of God and the presence of God and the plan of God. And they just kept bringing offerings every day. They were building a physical structure and this passion consumed them. And I just, I'd like to humbly submit this to you. It'll be over soon. Um, <laughs> it's okay, you just. The passion, listen everybody, the passion then was to build a physical structure. But today, if we could put Ephesians chapter 2, 19, or 20 and 21 up. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. Walk with me now. See, they were building a building and they were so lit. We're not building a building, we're building broken lives. And every broken life that comes to Jesus and is healed gets joined into this temple. That's what I do on the treadmill. You get on the treadmill and you can wear skinny jeans too. They were building a tent where the presence of God would come. We're not building, and they were so excited about that. If they were so excited about stakes and fabric and wood, how much more passionate should we be about bringing lives in, broken lives in? And every broken life that comes in and is saved, don't miss what I'm saying, becomes part of this holy temple where the Holy Spirit dwells. What's your name, sister? Felicia, you're part of the temple. Dude, you're getting my good side. This is sweet. He's got the phone out. What's your name? Daniel, you're part of the temple. What's your name? Trisha, you're part of the temple. My first girlfriend's name was Trisha. What's your name, brother? You're part of the temple. And in this temple that we call Christ Uncensored, the Holy Spirit dwells among us. And not only occasionally when God comes down, but permanently. What should make us want to go out and bring in others? Just so the place will be full? No. To go out and bring out others because God has a place for them in this holy temple. And he wants to dwell among us and he wants to dwell in us. My point here is, if they were so passionate and willing and stirred and generous to put stakes in the ground and tapestry together, how much more passionate should we be to bring lives? <laughs> Amen, everybody? Man, they, was like, they were like... They were emptying their pockets. And they went home. Is there anything else we could bring, honey? Oh, there's your engagement ring. Let's take that. No, I'm just kidding. But they brought the gold and the, they brought everything to build a physical structure. And today, we're building broken lives. And if they could be this passionate about a tent, I said if they could be that passionate about a tent, I pray God would stir your hearts for people's lives. Amen. Amen. I believe God is preparing Kuha for greater things. Let me start over. I believe God is preparing Kuha for greater things. Hold on before you clap. So don't be surprised if he asks you for greater things. God is preparing this body for greater things. So don't be surprised when he asks you for greater things.
That's what a heart to give looks like. Can we put that back up, good brother? A willing heart. Say a willing heart. Say a stirred heart. Say a generous heart. And when it comes to giving, you know, I, I really love what you're doing. But I want you to hear me, everybody. I love the heart to give Sunday. But what God wants to do here is going to take more than one big offering a year. It's going to take something to sustain it. And the tithe, somebody better get me out of here. <laughs> you got quiet. The tithe will sustain it. When it comes to giving or tithing, people get all weirded out because they think God wants 10% of their money. It's all his. <laughs> Isn't God cool? He only asked for 10%. He could have asked you for 90 and the tithe belongs to the Lord. Put up a Leviticus 27.30. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields, fruit of the trees. What's the rest of it? Say it again. It belongs to the Lord and must be set apart for him as holy. Could you, brother, could you bring me that envelope in my, I got an envelope here with $1,000 in it. I got their attention now, bro. Hold on. I'd like to illustrate it. Let's say that thousand dollars is your paycheck. Maybe it's a week, maybe it's a bi weekly check, maybe it's a month. I'm not saying how often. Ten $100 bills. It's $1,000. That $100 bill is a tithe. And I should look right up here. And that right there is the most tempting thing on the planet. I'm just talking to you. If you don't clap another time, it's okay with me. No, really. Uh, you know what? I love you. I love you. I wouldn't have left my church today if I didn't care about you and love you. Or, or would I have left and, and here today? <laughs> if I didn't believe in this couple and the vision for this great church. And I love the, I love the idea of a heart to give Sunday. But, but we need to really wrap our mind around how do we sustain this ministry? And the work is sustained by the tithe. And that tithe right there is the most, it, that's more tempting than a skirt up to here. <laughs> JS, just saying. And more people have succumbed to this temptation than any other. But that doesn't belong to me. Are we together? It doesn't even belong to me. It belongs to the Lord. In Malachi 3, it says, will a man rob God? He says, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. I hate to admit it, but I've committed my share of thievery over the years. I, I don't ever want to again. But, but that tithe right there belongs to the Lord. I'd like you to put up Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Watch. What's the first word? Let's read the whole line. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Now watch, that there may be food in my house. Try me now, says the Lord, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing, not room enough to receive it. Say amen out loud. I'll rebuke the devourer. He won't destroy the fruit of your ground, Okay. Do you notice it doesn't say give all the tithes? I'm going to teach something today. 
Have you ever noticed it doesn't say give the tithe? You know why? Because you can't give what's not yours. You got keys to the car row? You got keys? Borrow it? <laughs> Sit down, brother. <laughs> this is Greg Gidney, and he drove me here today. Give him some love. Okay, good. <laughs> keys to an Audi! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Audi. Okay. He's put it in my hand. So it would be absurd for me to say I'm going to give it to him. Because it's his. I can't give it to him. I can only bring it back to him. So with the tithe, you have one of two choices. Steal it or bring it. If you're on Twitter, tweet that. <laughs> you got one of two options. Steal it or bring it. People say, I'm going to pay it. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I pay Con Ed. I pay the mortgage. I don't, I stopped paying years ago. I don't pay it, I sow it. Because 2 Corinthians 9.10 says, he supplies seed to the sower. And bread for food and... He, multiplies the seed you sow. Aren't those wonderful promises when we sow how he blessed? But back there, they had none. They had no promise like this. They just gave because they love God. I don't pay my tithes anymore. I sow it into the soil of the kingdom. And I used to pay it at the end of the month. Now I pay it at the first of the month before the car payment, before the mortgage company. The mortgage company has no power to bless your life. And I'm convinced that every seed has an assignment. An apple seed has an assignment. What is it? Smart church. Smart church. A watermelon seed has an assignment. What is it? Pumpkin seed has an assignment. What is it? This seed, this tithe, when you sow it, it has an assignment. And that assignment is to bless the kingdom and to bless you. And I'm convinced that many people, listen to this, many people stay broke. So poor they can't pay attention. You'll get that this afternoon about three I'm convinced many people stay broke because they eat their seed. Hashtag, hashtag, you got to sow something to grow something. And there's a promise attached to this tithe. He said, I'll open the windows of heaven and I'll bless you. Every advertiser out there knows this truth. Buy me. They put promises to their product. Buy me. You lose 40 pounds in four weeks. And some of you have already given them your debit card. Wear me. You'll feel younger and thinner. Put this in your hair and you'll have full body. I'm waiting for something. Put this on your head and it will grow hair. If you could promise me something would put my hair back the way it was in 79, I would empty my pockets. Every advertiser knows it, so they attach a promise to the product. God has attached a promise to the tithe. Go ahead and sow it. Watch him bless your life. Trusting God is not always easy. I admit that. 
And I know it's fearful to let this go. Isn't it something how fear always makes faith sound stupid? <laughs> I, uh, when, I went to, when, I lit, when I was in Staten Island, left Staten Island, we moved out to, we stepped outside of the will of God. I know we did when I, when I quit uh, International Christian Center. We lived out in, in um, Pennsylvania. And, uh, and my severance pay was running out. My wife's unemployment was running out. And we were down to our last bit of money. And I said, honey, we got we to try God here now. The Bible says, try me and give your tithes. And we added up everything that we had. And I remember that day, and I think I told you the story before, but for those of you who didn't hear it, I was down to nothing. Anybody ever, anybody ever, could anybody here ever see the end of the wall coming? And we saw it, unemployment running out, severance running out. And I remember we added up our tithe. I think the check, I can't remember how much the check was, several hundred dollars, and I needed it so bad. And uh, I never was more excited that day than to take my tithe to the church because I said, if God don't come through, I'm done. I'm finished. I mean, I got no more money if God doesn't come through. And we took our tithe that day and I sowed it. A few, uh, uh, I can't remember, it was a short time later, somebody from Staten Island called me and said, Pastor, I'm inviting a lot of people to a dinner and I'm paying for everybody's dinner. I'm just asking them to bring you an envelope with, filled with money. How many know I accepted that dinner invitation? <laughs> Mama didn't raise no fool. Well, she raised some, I just wasn't one of them. And we left that dinner that night with $7,000 in our hand. Not long after that, a friend of mine called me, who I had helped in the past. He says, how you doing, Russ? I was down in, in, in Maryland visiting my outlaws. I mean my... You know the difference between in-laws and outlaws? Yeah, outlaws are wanted. No, I just... I'm, no, no. So forgive me, Lord, for saying some crazy stuff like that. I, I'm sorry, Lord. I love them like they're my own parents. They, they, they love me more than my wife. And, um, and a friend of mine called me. He said, how you doing, Russ? I didn't get a sentence out of my mouth before. He said, I'm sending you a check for $5,000. Now, now, listen. I had seven and five, and that $12,000 lasted us until the church in White Plains called us. And, it, and it's, it was a financial blessing. And I believe we received it because we took our tithe. You say, you, you get a lot of those? Nope, that was the last one I got. That's the last windfall I got. What am I saying? God will meet your need. But I'll tell you another blessing I got. The last time I was with you, my daughter was hooked on heroin. And she was close to dying many times. And uh, the last time she was almost dead, we came home from church in White Plains and we prayed. She was, she was addicted for 10 years on pain pills. You know the, you know the, you know the uh, slippery slope. Pain pills, then the heroin goes up your nose, and pretty soon it's in the needle stuck in your veins. And that's where she was. I came home from church on a Sunday. And I says, you home, honey? Mina, Mina, you home? No answer. And I went upstairs, and she was sitting Indian style. And her head was over in a pillow. And I pulled her up, and her eyes rolled back in her head. And she had a needle in her right arm. And a red spot in her left. And I thought she was going to die right there. And I just, Jesus, I called on Jesus. My wife started calling on Jesus. And God saved her from dying that day. But she wasn't delivered that day. But I'm going to tell you something we did do. We, we accepted this invitation to go to New Jersey. I never wanted to live in New Jersey in my life. You can't turn left. <laughs> if I see another jug handle, I'm going to twitch. I never wanted to live in New Jersey. God called us. And so we took a step of obedience and we moved to New Jersey to another church that was in a mess. And my daughter followed us. And not long after we got there, she said, Daddy, I think God didn't just send you here, but he sent me here to heal me. And, I, and, and last time I was with you, she was messed up. I mean messed up. And I come back today to tell you that today she is totally healed. She's totally delivered. She's totally free. Somebody better give God some praise in this house. Praise God. Praise God. And she's married. And she's got another baby. And she's in church today. And she's praising God. 
worshiping God, filled with the Holy Spirit, praise his name. He said, I will pour you out blessings, and it ain't always money. In fact, I'll take a healed heroin addict any day over $12,000. Somebody shout amen. God pours out only one time to that big financial windfall come my way but it's what I needed at the time but what I needed a year ago wasn't money I needed a daughter who was addicted to be healed by Jesus and uh, I'm going to give the first thousand dollars towards today take that thousand brother fountain of life believes in you The devil would like you to believe there's something so unique about your situation that the promise of God doesn't apply to you. But the devil is a lie. And after we give our tithe, we say, oh boy, I did it. Hold on. After you, I've made a little rhyme, Pastor. You might like this. After you've given your tithe, then give some more. The tithe isn't the ceiling. It's the floor. Man, somebody ought to be paying me for this stuff. Somebody ought to be writing me a check for some of this stuff. How they don't put me on TV? After you've given your tithe, then give some more. The tithe is not the ceiling, it's the floor, it's where we begin. I'm going to close with this. People say, oh, tithing's Old Testament. You're right, baby. I had a lady get mad at me in White Plains. Took a whole life group off track one night talking about how the tithe was Old Testament. I'm going to make an appointment with Pastor Russ. I'm like, bring it on. Bring it on, baby. Because you want to know what they did in the New Testament? The Bible says they sold houses. You ain't... They're coming up to help me. Don't let them distract you. Look, the Bible says in Acts, they so believed in the power of this gospel, in the power of this living Christ, those who had houses and land sold it. That blow your mind? Me too. They sold property and brought all the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Yeah, right. Tithe is Old Testament. 10%. New Testament wasn't worried about no 10%. (laughs) Hey, we got extra piece of property. Let's sell that and give it to the church. That house, let it go. We don't need two. Give it to the church. They weren't hung up on 10%. The New Testament. And they gave like crazy. Do you know what blows my mind? uh, And I'm going to ask Pastor come up here. uh, Anybody hear Chris Long plays for the Philadelphia Eagles? Of course you don't, because you don't live in Philadelphia. You live in New York. Chris Long, give me a little music here, cowboy. Chris Long is a defensive end for the Philadelphia Eagles, in case you don't know. They did win the Super Bowl this year. Um, I'm in hostile territory. I'm in hostile territory. Chris Long, the defensive end for the Philadelphia Eagles, donated his entire salary this year to charity. No, no hold on. He's not a Christian. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's a person of faith. And uh, Chris Long announced, I'm reading this, this week that he would send his, uh, his first six checks for the year, base salary of a million dollars. Listen. His first six checks went to a private school in his hometown in Charlottesville, Virginia. See, because he is passionate about education. And then he announced that his last 10 checks, because there's 16 in a season, to educational charities in three cities where he's played, Philadelphia, St. Louis, and Boston. He said, I'm playing the entire 2017 NFL season without collecting any income because I believe that education is the gateway to a better tomorrow. Check. 
because he believed education is the gateway to a better tomorrow. Oh, I believe in education. But it's not the gateway to a better tomorrow. The church of Jesus Christ is the gateway to a better tomorrow. And uh, Pastor Rowe, just something tells me that if, uh, if an unbeliever can give his whole check away for his whole salary for a year, a whole season, then uh, we who believe in the name of Jesus ought to be able to do better than and do more than even what we are doing. Brother, I think you gave me 45 minutes, and I think I've taken 55, and uh, I hope I haven't wore you out today. But the folks in the Old Testament, they had, a, they had a willing heart. Say a willing heart. And they had a stirred heart. Say a stirred heart. And they had a generous heart. And I share about the tithe because I believe God wants to do more than one big offering. He wants to sustain this mission. He wants to sustain this vision throughout the year. And, and I'm gonna, and I know that easy is uh, easy. Never changed the world, and uh, and it's difficult sometimes to step out into faith. But if you'll step out in faith, if you'll do the difficult, God will do the impossible. And I'm gonna challenge you today. I'm gonna challenge you today. And I'm not the pastor here. I don't know what all the plans are, but I just know that I believe in this ministry so much. I want to sow into it myself, and our church sows into it. And I'm gonna challenge you today to really step. If they could get that excited about a tent, how much more passionate should we be about building broken lives? I'm going to give this microphone to Pastor Rowe right now. And uh, Father, I pray that uh, these words of mine, and these thoughts that you have poured into my spirit to share with this great church, and your word, the Holy Bible, I pray that it will paint such a picture for us that it will light us up and cause us to live with passion and give us a heart to give. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.